Hello, Elden Lords, and welcome to what I think is going to be a very, very special episode of Gamer Knots, number 13, Sean. Hello, fellow Tarnished. Yeah, I said Elden Lords, <laughs> mine was cooler. <laughs> we do no, I'm implying that I'm, that I'm going to come and kill them, so... Anyway, we are the Elden Lords. We are the Elden Lord, and you are the Tarnished. Yes. Yeah, listeners, but, come get come come at yeah, us. Yep. Li- come at us, build. please. Come gather our souls and put an end to this. <laughs> right, okay, we're getting a bit dark now. <laughs> um, we are. But yes, welcome to number 13. Um, I'm Billy. I'm Sean, You're I'm drinking water. Sorry, I was expecting you to... That's just Sean. I'm interested myself now. I was, I was drinking water as you were saying. I'm Bill. Uh, but yeah, I'm Sean. Yep. Yes, and we are going to go and discuss... I mean, how long has it been now? But it's coming up for two weeks since um, Elden Ring's been out. Um, yeah, And yeah, I think between the two weeks, of yeah. us... In between the two of us, we've probably got enough... Enough time. We've put in enough time. To have a really, really good opinion on how that game is, our thoughts. Um, is it is it really worth all those ten out of tens that I got across the board? Let's find no. out. <laughs> so, <laughs> joking. I mean, how many how many hours have you put into it? I've put sixty-two into it. I'm going to quickly check. I cannot remember, but. I've put I'm more sure time into about... this game in the space of a week than I have since Oblivion, <laughs> I think. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a long it's time. It's been a I've very really long time. Obsessed over a game this much. Um, oh, I'm loading my PS5 now, so I'll quickly check. But um, I think it's. I've noticed the because t- the t- obviously in, on Elden Ring itself, it gives you the t- your total playtime and yep. the settings menu, but that's completely different from. The total time on the PlayStation, but I think the PlayStation one's a bit more accurate, because uh, I don't think it counts when you're not in the game itself on the PlayStation. Whereas Elden Ring runs in the background; it still counts as you being active. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. So apparently, according to PlayStation, the PS5, I played for sixty-four hours, but I'm pretty sure when I look in the game, which I'll load up now, quickly. I think I'm like seventy or eighty. Oh, so I don't know why there's such a huge discrepancy there. Yeah, they're obviously tr- uh, tracking two different things then for time. I'm actually, because curious what it, it says for there me. There's been a couple of times it. where I have like kind of just let it sit there running. Something mm-hmm. came up because you can't really pause it. Um, it turns it can if you open up menu explanation or something like that. Yeah, it's like weird sort of. You have to press about a hundred different buttons. Yeah, just to pause the damn thing. Uh, it says for me on the PlayStation fifty-nine hours of Elden Ring. Um, okay, well, I'm in the game, game now. It's about sixty-two. I, I, I checked earlier. Oh, it's so, okay. I'm sixty-nine in the in the game itself, so it's not too far off. Uh, so sixty-four on the that's PlayStation. A, I said. That's a nice from me. A very nice, yes. The best number. Yep, nice. Yep. Do want to... My progress is now at 50%, though, on the activity card thing. Very oh, you're at 50. Uh, yes. You've done one more. Obviously, I'm still at 33. I keep getting distracted so that I know where my next target is. 
or like what, what, what I'm aiming for. I just find myself doing everything else but that area. Yeah. Um, but I imagine we'll, we'll, we'll go into that. So, well, how about um, you start off with yourself? Because you have a lot more experience. You've played all of them apart from Dark Souls 2 and Sekiro. So you've got quite a lot of uh, experience with these games. Mm. Uh, so what are your... What do you think about um, it? How is it? Uh, for me personally, it's my, probably my favourite out of the lot. Um, wow. Like, I, I absolutely adore that that game. <laughs> I think it's so so good. Um, yeah, no, for me for me personally, it's the best one. So I've only played Demon Souls, but I could just tell from playing this that I think this will be my favorite, even after I play all the others. There's just something. Bloodborne's that, a very close second. Very, very uh, yeah, I have close. a feeling because I've I've got Bloodborne Bloodborne downloaded, and. I've got Dark Souls on the Xbox as well, and I played a bit of both of them. As I, they are very similar, obviously they've just refined it more over time. But, um, yeah, I, I do have a strong feeling I'll really will well like Bloodborne quite a lot. Um, yeah, Bloodborne's amazing. That to me was always the best one out of all the Souls games. Was that that, that that's just so 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 good. Well, for yeah, Paris Epic Elden Ring just takes that crown. This game is. It's just has made me it feel gets things. In your head, yeah. <laughs> has made me feel things I haven't felt, um, in a long, long time. Like the last time I could compare how I felt about a game, an open world game specifically. I generally do think I, I haven't felt this amazed or mesmerized or obsessed with a game since the first time I played an Elder Scrolls game, which happened to be Oblivion on the three hundred and sixty in two thousand six. And I became obsessed with that game. The, the wonder, the the open world, and walking around discovering things, um, coming across side quests and stuff like that, and the story. Obviously, they're different design in this game, but it's the same feeling, you know, that sense of like the unknown and um, not knowing what's ahead, and just the sense of wonder over the world around you and how beautiful it looks and stuff like that. And this is just, I feel like this game's like on a whole other level for that. Like, the, some of the vistas you see in this game. Especially the one you see after you come out of Stormvale Castle, when you just see the lake region. Oh, yeah. yeah. But man. Stunning. Oh, it just looks so good. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe. Just every opportunity, there's the game just shows off and goes, oh, look at this view. And everything just looks amazing. It's really such a cliche thing to say. It's such a Todd Howard thing. Skyrim came out. It really is a situation of, see that building over there? You can go there and go inside it and spend about like five hours inside that building. And just exploring that yeah. building, and they're like way more detailed than some levels in some other games. Um, we've got there's a lot to discuss out here. I think it's right now. We need to try and come up with some kind of structure or something, but we don't want to blab, you know, barf out everything all at once. But um, <laughs> as much as I want to, I don't think the podcast would make mm-hmm. more sense if we ended up doing that. But uh, I guess I'll start with myself as someone who. Has a bit of a an open world game fatigue. Because mm. so I, was, I, I was a bit worried about this because I I don't I'm not a huge fan of open world games like I used to be. You know, back when the 360 era was like the peak of open world games for me, 
I haven't really enjoyed them as much since then. I tend to avoid them because I just think, I don't know, just there's so much time investment you have to put in just to get anything out of it. And a lot of time, it's not really worth putting the time in. Like, I haven't really played, I'd never really, I never played any of the Assassin's Creed slash gen. Like, I bought the, which one, what, the pirate one? On the, the Xbox One? Yeah, Black Flag. I bought that. Um, and I didn't end up really liking it, but that was more to do with the fact that I bought it on Xbox One. And Xbox One was just such a disappointment at launch. It was like running at 720p, it was a mess. Then you see the PS4 version, like 1080p, 30, solid 30, stuff like that. I was like, oh, this is just not the way to play this game. I felt like a step back. Then I just never ended up playing it anyway. Then I never, I never played any of Assassin's Creed last year, and I never. I dabbled in Watch Dogs. I played that when I came out. I never even finished that. I just didn't like it. It really isn't an open world game last gen that I really loved until Dying Light came out. That was still for me the highlight last gen for open world games was Dying Light. Um, yeah. And I was hoping they re- that the second one would replicate that, but it hasn't. And the thing is, I've played Dying Light 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Horizon Forbidden West. In a, in, a, in a row, so the three big open world games, then moving on to Elder Ring, which is the fourth open world game, an even bigger one. But this one has grabbed me in a way that those other three games didn't. And I spent way more time in this game than I have in the other three exploring compared to the other ones. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the game just doesn't tell you anything. No. Like, you, if you see it, go. You know, as that situation of like, if you see something, just go to it and find out what it is. Which I think the thing that really bogged me down about those other games, like the Horizon Forbidden West and Dying Light Two, it was the the fatigue of just I caught a sea of icons everywhere, like question marks, exclamation marks. As soon as I see a sea of like exclamation mark, exclamation marks, and question marks, like I I'm just put off by going there and finding out what it is. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go there. It really ain't going to be anything interesting at all. And a lot of time it isn't interesting. It's like just a camp or something like that, or it's like a, a whatever. It's nothing really that exciting. Whereas in this, like, all you have is just your open world map that's like a a drawn map. And you just sort of see things in the map and think, oh, that's going look like an interesting structure. I'll put a little waypoint there. And then just go over there and just see what it is. And a lot of time I just don't even do that. A lot of time it's just me walking around and I see something. And the distance, what the hell's that over there? Then it ends up being like one of the most memorable experiences I've had in a game. Because uh, I found it naturally. I felt like I discovered it for the first time. I was the first person to discover this. Whereas in like those other games, it feels like it's just all laid out for you. It's like, okay, go here and do this. It's, it's holding your hand too much. It's telling you that there's something here. It's like, we're instead of let, letting me discover it naturally, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think for me, that was that's the big thing in this game is just. How it makes me feel, it's the first time since probably Oblivion or Skyrim that I've really just loved exploring an open world and not doing the main quest. Because I really haven't put much time into the main quest in this game. <laughs> no, no, neither have I. Uh, I think out of the 60 hours I've put into it, possibly 10 of that is main story. <laughs> um, the rest is all just exploration and seeing what you can find. I, I'm in I'm in agreement. I think what the best thing that what Elden Ring does is that it doesn't give you the map. So yes. or like immediately the full map. So you get 
a tiny wee bit and you have to find the map and then that colors in one part of it and then you're like right this is your area to explore um go and explore it because you're like all right okay there's a wee icon there i'll go there i'll go there i'll go there and you naturally just start finding things as you go without having to go right if i just ignore this foggy area of the map i know I, i'm not going to see anything like I, I i don't know what i'm looking for there whereas i can see here and i can just focus on that bit for the next like 10 hours <laughs> just see what you can find um oh no like, the way that the way that they do that game is amazing like absolutely flawless it's the best open world game i've ever played oh, in my opinion. i would agree with that uh, i think Easy. i don't know starfield has to literally change the game for it to be to beat this game out as my game of the year like, i don't see any other game coming out this year that will beat this game for me I've never but, um, felt that way about a game no before. Point in any other games. No point yeah, in other games like, coming I, out this year. We've got a game of the year. Like, yeah, it's insane. I'll probably I still just... be playing Elden Ring in November. Like, I'm just going back <laughs> for another wee, another wee jaunt. Like, I can totally see myself going back into that, not just to play it, but just to like run around. Because it's a yeah, I've world deliberately left in. stuff out to do that to go so I can go back and actually figure out well, what is that over there. Um. Yeah, just to give me an excuse to go back, but yeah, definitely. I just see how any other game can top this, in my opinion. Like, I got caught up on a what could have arguably been a, a main quest line in any other game, but it just happened to be a side quest in this game, and I got caught up in that for a good ten to fifteen hours, and it was just awesome. Is this the one with the witch? Oh, yes, so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I've I've not finished it yet, but I found myself in the it's the what was it called again? The oh, the, well, the, we should preface this. There probably will be spoilers because we just want to really talk about everything we've played. So uh, yeah, yeah, um, go ahead. Bill. So spoilers ahead. This maybe this may ruin stuff, but I found myself in the Rot Lake. Yes, um, I'm so I'm the, so basically I, I was following that quest line. Um, and then I found myself at the Rot Lake, and I was just—I just took one look at that and was like, "Oh, I am not going through that right now. <laughs> I will come back to you." <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a really it's just kind of like ugly place. It's it's a it's very very daunting. It's like we'll, we'll imagine we'll go back. We'll talk more about the the hidden areas of that game. Um, oh, so good, but it's like it's just like you find one bit. And then you just go on and on and on until you're like, you know what? Like, I only, today, after two weeks of playing, only reached the north side of that map. Um, yeah. I've played that game pretty much every night for the past two weeks, and I have only now just got to the northern part of the map. I've killed two Elden Lords, um, and there's still so much of that game that I've not seen. And I'm like, I'm easily, before I finish this, 100 hours probably, plus. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be about a hundred hours for me by the time I because I am, um, I just I just finished the capital city. Right. Yeah. 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 There's this big city in the game uh, that you can go to. I just finished that and killed the two, or I think it's just one of the Ellen Lords that were there. Uh, three of the five. So I've killed that, and then I've been moving on to the the third, the last third of the game, basically. Uh, which is like four more areas, I believe, from a map that I looked at. Um, and yeah, I think one of the genius things this game does, and it's really scary and just awesome, is 
there's multiple times when you just like casually open a chest or there's like a portal right. hanging about outside a church or something. You go, what's inside this? And it just transports you way north of the map. Then suddenly there's this, just this massive gap in the map. You think, oh, holy shit, there's this land all the way up here. And you have to sort of try and find a way out because a lot of the times it doesn't like teleport. And you just sort of see what's ahead. And I think that's awesome. It gives you a little tease of like what's to come or the places you can explore next. And I got really into that. Um, I think that's awesome. Gives you sort of a sense of wonder of like, oh, God, this is what I'm going to be seeing the next few hours. Oh, God. Because some of the areas are terrifying. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I finished that oh, yeah. quest. I got the Moonlight or the Dark Moon Greatsword out of it. Um, which I haven't ended up using. Yep. I've, I've stuck with my Moonveil Katana, which is just amazing. Um, I think I've got plus nine on that now. I just need one more smithing stone to get it to plus ten, because uh, it's like a legendary weapon or something. Um, mm-hmm. but that quest line is amazing. I thought the boss fight because it's just you know you, meet, you come across this big pot pot friend. I think his name is Alexander the Fist or something. That's um, Alexander. It's really yeah, it's a really nice pot person. Uh, who's very friendly, and you come across him a couple of times. Like one time, I had to oil him up to get him out of this hole and stuff like that. He's just always about, and he's always talking about this festival. He wants to go to this festival and uh, take part in this like festival that involves fighting or something. Then that quest they we're talking about the the Rani quest, the the witch, the witch lady quest. Um, have you, you not have, been to the festival yet? Yes, I have. That's part of the quest. Oh, so that's what I was going to get to next. It was just the way that, you were talking. There, I was like. You know I'll just start to, trying I thought you'd have done that bit. Try to line up for the people listening. Um, fair enough, fair enough. So yeah, you get told about this festival. You've always heard about it throughout the rest of the game, but then you get told to go there for part of the quest, the quest with this big wolfman called Blythe, which is, I think is a Welsh name, isn't it? Nice big uh, Welsh yeah, wolfman. I think so. I think he sounds a bit Welsh. But anyway, uh, he's a really cool character. And I absolutely loved that boss fight. I thought it was just amazing. Because uh, he there's this part of the map that you see which is this big massive open space and you think what the hell's there it's just like a massive desert there's no like buildings or anything like that then you find out the reason why that's there is because that is an arena for a boss fight and it's a really I thought it was, it was quite tough at first because I think you've, you've I think you've killed that boss haven't you I've been it yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a I cool boss fight wasn't it the wall so many times I was so oh yeah good. Was, I, was, uh, I love so go ahead Bill I'm curious what your tactics are for that um because there's about a thousand different ways you can beat that guy. Um, well, for me, I just learned the for the time, which is also he's like miles away in the distance, and he's shooting this massive bow at you that kills you in one hit or two hits, depending on how your vigor is. Um, I always try and time it to get behind the debris uh, of when he was firing his mm-hmm. arrows. So I was running up and hide behind the debris, get the summons up, run to the next part. Hide behind that, he shoots it, get the summons up, then run to the other one, get the summons up, then just get my horse and like go around the side, then go behind him, and there's like summons there. And by the time you do that, he's distracted by all the summons, and then you just sort of wail on him. Yeah, that was my tactic. Tactics not far off what mine was. Um, so, tactic, or um, so run straight. So, like, like you said, cover behind the weapons, um, get your summons, and then when he purple bow is, he's gonna shoot right at you off the horse if he's pointing the sky on the horse. Yes. Um, 
basically keep dodging summons straight up, and then you just batter them. Like that, that yeah. Because I was, I was really struggling with it, and I was like, I'm not getting this at all. Um, and then I was like, right, I'll try ranged fights, but there's only so far you can take range. Um, before eventually you're going to slip up. Um, I was like, right, what else could I try? Um, until eventually I just tried so many times doing t- different things, started getting annoyed, and I was just like, I'm just going to hit him. <laughs> I, 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 like, see us the second that. You know, all the summons are up, and he's you know he's aggroed onto the summons. I'm just going to run in, and I'm just yeah. going to hit him a lot. Um, and that's what I did. And eventually, after about ten attempts of doing that, got him down. Yeah, that, uh, that took I, a few I was attempts. The same way, but I just get a bit more. I was a bit too because I think it was just a bit too scared to get up close. Um, yeah, so I thought I should get in there. Bit, need a bit of confidence. It's like, why was I scared of this thing when he's riding the tiniest horse? <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was really funny. He rides around and there's like a little miniature horse and he's this massive guy. Um, I thought that was really funny. But that's just an awesome fight because yeah. I love like Sammy and all the people that you've met along the way and stuff like that, like Blythe and Popfriend and stuff. I just thought that was awesome, like having all these people fight with you that are taking part in the festival. Uh, I just thought it was a really cool fight. I thought it was awesome. Um, there's a few fights along that quest like that are quite good. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Bill, go ahead. I was going to say it's after that boss fight that then sort of it goes, oh, hey, look at that meteor site. We should go to there. <laughs> and yeah. then that starts you on a whole other thing. Yeah. That, that, well, that's you part just get of lost the, in that, that witch's storyline. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But you know what? I will. Yeah, I, I just got lost in that. to Almost to a detriment. So we've been very positive so far. I'll Since we're actually talking about this quest. So, as I said, I was really focused on that quest. I spent a lot of time on it. That's pretty much all I focused on for a good, like, 10, 15 hours. Because I was just so obsessed with finding out what this quest is about. Because it just takes you in so many places and there's so many cool boss fights. Um, but it got to a point where I got to about level 88. I was like, okay, I'm done with the quest now. It's time to... I've explored... All the lakes area, the lake area. I've obviously explored Limgrave and the Weeping Peninsula hours and hours ago, so I don't mean thinking about that. But I've finished the the lakes. I've got the two halves of the medallion to get in the big lift. We'll take the big lift up and explore the new areas. Turns out those areas I am way over leveled for, and it just took the fun <laughs> right out of the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand these people um, who are like watching these videos of like. How to get three hundred thousand souls in an hour? So why are you? Why would you ever want to over level in this game? Because as soon as you over level, I mean, I, I understand there is something to being over leveled by going back to an area you really struggled with before that was really intimidating, and then you're just wailing everyone in it. Well, that that is exciting. That's satisfying because this, especially that cave that you get transported to, it takes you out to the the swampy area, the Celidad or whatever mm-hmm. Celiad or something like that. It's so one of the, Celia, the Celia, Celia Celia, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so one in that burnt dragon ruins, there's this chest you find that transports you to this really scary area. Um, and it's like one of the first places you probably randomly that most people probably get transported to, and you're just intimidated by the enemies. You're like, oh god, I need to get out of here. But I went back there later on, and I was slightly over leveled for it, and it was just awesome, just like going through that cave and just taking everyone out. These enemies that were just kicking my ass before, and then I'll like take them down in, like three hits. It's just so satisfying when that happens. But I just don't find it satisfying 
going into a new area and being over leveled because it really took out a lot of the tension and the fun for me because a lot of the, the fun for me is exploring a new area and finding out what I'm going to come across and what kind of enemies going to be there and how hard it's going to be because that is like a lot of the fun is beating your head against this one enemy this one big knight that's blocking this door and you're like I need to know what's behind that door it could be a chest with something in it but when you're over leveled you can take them out in two hits it just takes away all the tension and all the fun for me. Say the tension. So uh, I, yeah, I got hit a bit of a wall there where these two new areas that I found, the sort of volcano area and the Atlas Plains, the Atlas Plateau, I guess. I just didn't yeah, feel yeah. the urge to explore because I had nothing to gain from it because I was so overpowered that anything I that I find would just way be useless. the game wants you to go. So I was like, oh. Because I was the same, so... Completed the first area, finished the first boss, like the first Elden boss, and I was like, right, I think the game wants you to go north, and it wants you to keep going north. Um, but I hadn't found the two medallions, so I was—I think I had one of them, but I didn't have the second one, so I couldn't get on the left to go up. So I was like, well, I don't know where this medallion is. I'm going to head south, and I'm going to go down into that area. And see if it's in there. See if I can find it around that area. And that area was extremely difficult. I was like, "This is I am not powerful enough for this. Like, this is I am in, out of my depth." But you know, you just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep jogging along. You eventually level up, and you're like, "Right, I'm finally making progress in this area now." Um, keep going, keep going, keep going. Ended up killing um, what was it, General Radan is the name of the second lord there. Yeah, and then by miracle, I still didn't have the second medallion piece. And I was like, I don't know where this is. I, I've, I've checked every corner of the, of the south of this map. I can't find it. Turns out it was a tiny wee castle that I missed. <laughs> and like at the starting area. It was just not far away from the starting point. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's it? where I found it. It's it was like there. a fort, a fort somewhere. It was like the fort. It was in the a wee fort. Yeah. Yeah. And it was obviously where you're meant to go at the start of the game. Because I just walked in and just like, they died just as soon as I walked in. Um, but I was like, right, okay, I've got the medallion. Um, Went up and up onto the left, and then literally, like you said, no challenge. Um, just everything was just dying in front of me. I was like, I think I healed like twice or something, and that was including doing like two boss fights. Um, it was like this. There was no challenge. Um, but at the same time, I like the I like exploring. Um, I, I, I was I was quite enjoying the almost the relaxing point after the ordeal of trying to explore in the south bit um, and with absolutely no luck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I get that. It'll be like, alright, there's no challenge here anymore, so I'm kind of worried about, because I think it's the volcano, the, the volcano cape? No. What's the name of the? I can't remember. Volcano something, volcanic manor or something like that. Yeah. It's my next port, uh, next port of call. Um, and I'm just like I'm just gonna walk through that. Like, I just don't think I'm gonna struggle with that part of the game because I feel like that should have been the second boss you go to. I feel that's how it, it feels to me that you find your two medallions and go north as soon as you beat the first major boss. Yeah, this is structured in a weird way. And then you there, go there, south is a, after there is a way it. to the Atlas Plateau without needing the medallions. It's through this cave, which I did find. Where you come across this boss called the Giant Magma Worm or something like that. And I did find that, and it led me out See, to that hospital where I you don't actually need the medallion. But I thought, well, I don't want to go there yet because I still haven't fully explored uh, the west of the lakes. And that's where I found 
the manor and found Rani, then got caught up on that quest, which then overleveled me mm. for the Atlas Plateau and the volcano area. So what I've decided to do, because I found out, I looked up online and I thought, there must be like level recommendations for these areas, and there is. So the, the Atlas Plateau is level 60 plus. At this point, mm. I was level 88, so I was like way overleveled. The volcano area, Mount Gelmer, it's called, is 70 plus. And I thought, all right, okay. Then I looked at the capital city, the Lindell Royal Capital, and that's 80 plus. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll do a quick, you know, exploration of the Atlas Plateau, but head to the Royal Capital and just carry on with that because the Royal Capital is 80 plus, and the area after that, the Forbidden Lands, is 90 plus. Then it's 100 plus after that. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'll just stick with the mainline progression for now instead of going to these uh, two other areas because I just, it took out the fun for me of just going through those areas, or the Atlas Plateau at least, and just decimating everyone, like, I just didn't find that to be remotely enjoyable Um, I'd rather do that when I've like finished the game or whatever, and then I can just casually explore and get some optional bosses and stuff like that Um, oh, you've appeared twice on the call, what's happened there? Yeah, I I disconnected there all right, okay. Um, so yeah, I I would maybe recommend doing that. I would maybe just save those two areas for again. I really do because I've actually accidentally. This is the dark spoiler, but did you find the Iron Virgin? Not yet. So I came across this guy right uh, in the first area. He's an optional boss, right? But through the halfway through the boss fight, he stops and begs for forgiveness. Yeah. Um. And you can either kill him or not kill him, but I decided because I'm a nice person that I wouldn't kill him. And and as uh, that was in the what was it called? Uh, blah blah blah. What Lungrave? He was in Lungrave, the coast, in one of the caves. Um, so I thought I'll spare him, and because he he opens up as a merchant after that, which was cool. But then he didn't really have anything interesting to buy, so I just sort of left him when he went on his way. But then I found him in the lakes area, sitting on this island in the middle of the lake. And he told me the story about the Iron Virgin underneath the the Academy, the Lucari, the Raya Lucaria Academy. And he says if you ride the big wheel all the way down to the bottom, uh, you'll find a Iron Virgin that will teleport you to the base of the Earth Tree, which is your main goal is to get to that big tree. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That sounds like a might be a, a cool, quick teleportation to the big tree that you see. So I wrote, I wrote, I decided to, I'll take the wheel down. And they come across this, like, he's kind of, I think maybe you have the chance to see them before you ride all the wheel all the way down, but it's these just giant iron ladies looking things. And their chest opens up and there's like a door inside exactly. their chest. Yep. You're talking about the adjudicators. Is that their name? I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the, that's the name. They're called an adjudicator. Oh, um, right, okay. They eat you. If you go down, and it's that big wheel, you go down. There's one there, and it'll teleport you into the volcano kit place. Yes, that's what happened to me, so I didn't know that. So I thought, what is this Iron Virgin? I don't know what that is. I didn't know it was actually that adjudicator thing you were talking about. So I, I thought it was just a, a tough enemy, so I tried to fight it, then it eventually caught me and pulled me in. I was like, oh, damn it, I'll have to get all the way back down to that wheel. Then suddenly I was teleported to that volcano place. I thought, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> I just yeah. thought it was so cool. It's a really, really neat thing. Um, 
by um, sort of adjudicator. I think there's two of them in that. I don't know if the, there's two of them. There's one in that courtyard bit, and then there's the one that teleports you at the bottom of the lift. But I don't know. Um, I've got no idea if the second one teleports you to the vo- vo- uh, the volcanic manor either. Because um, I'm I'm tempted just to do it that way. Just go down and get teleported by that to go into the manor and then take down the manor quickly. And I don't then know explore I, the north. Because I finished that area, the, the lava area, and I don't know if you can get out because I reached a sort of an end point and I couldn't see a way out into there the manor from is, there. I think there is a way out. I just don't know what it is. I th- there, there will be a way out. Right. I've not I've not properly looked at it yet, um, but I think there is a way out, whether it be through beating a boss or um, there's an actual like challenge to get out. Right, right. I think they I, won't I, keep I, you locked in there. No, I, I mean I, I really found a, I mean by way out, I mean a, a way into the manor. I found like all oh, the way into the manor. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I think the only way to get in, or at least the easiest way to get in, is through the adjudicator. It just gets swallowed up by that thing, and it just teleports you straight there. Did you get the invitation from the lady? Which one? There's this lady you find. You know, in the lakes, there's sort of these sort of how would you? I'm not sure how to describe them, but these like sort of stone structures with a statue inside them. It's like a got a roof over it. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a lady there saying, "Oh, can you please go and get my necklace back from this guy just up the road?" Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've not done that yet, but I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. From part I've, you get uh, the... you get an invitation because apparently the only way to get to the manor is with an invitation. Is that how you do it? Yeah. Ah. So I got an invitation to the manor from her. Apparently, that's how you get. Because I got in. the. See, this is where my sort of complaint of the game comes in. Is that you really need a notepad next to you? Because I had forgotten all about her necklace. And I was like, oh, sugar, yeah, I, I, I never went and did that. I think I got distracted by a boss killing a dragon or something. That's how um, I only remember, that's how I remember to go get it, because it's the exact same thing happened to me. I got distracted and I looked at my notes app and said, and it said, go find necklace for the lady here. I thought, oh yeah, I better go do that. And uh, that's how I got the invitation to the manor. I kind of feel like that, see if the game even had something in it. Like, maybe you have to go to like a a grace or something to see it, but like a note, like an in-game notepad or something, that was just kind of like such and such told you about a necklace here and that just leave it at that and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing because like, there's so much that goes on and you just forget. Um, and you're like, oh yeah, I need to go do that. So like, I'll, I'll probably next time I jump on Elder Ring, we'll be like, I'll go get that necklace. Um, yeah, I definitely. I don't would. think it's far from where you find her, but I think I think my plan no, is just, just, just to sneak in. Yeah, I think my plan is just to sneak in through the adjudicator, though, into the manor. I think that's what I'm going to do, and then take that it from like there. A good tactic. Yes, but um, yeah, I'm past we'll the see capital. We'll, now. We'll I'm, I'm moving on to the areas after that, and I'll. Now I'm in an area that's matched to my level, so I'll probably be obsessed with those next few areas now. But <laughs> uh, it's been a few days since I've actually played it because I need to get I've been distracted by another game. But yeah, everything's just oh, it's so good. 
It's, I haven't been this obsessed with the game. When I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. When I'm not thinking about it, I'm watching something about it. And when I'm not watching yeah. something about it, I'm just... This is just a, a, a constant in my life right now. It's just... But it's, it's just crazy. great work as well. Right? Like I'll, I'll, on my lunch, just sit and watch YouTube videos on like character <laughs> yeah. builds and stuff like that. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not even playing a samurai. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sitting here watching a video and like, oh, here's the best swords and stuff for your for a samurai class. And you're like, oh, that's interesting to know. Like, Lucha Katana is just an awesome weapon, especially that unsheath ability. Yeah, devastating oh, against, is so uh, cool. Yeah, it's really... Because I got the... So I found that, then I came across, I defeated this boss in a cave. I think it, I think it was actually in the cave. What was it called? The cave where you meet Pot Friend. I see that's the yeah, place. Um, one of the bosses in there drops the Moonveil guitars. Magma Worm that's in that cave. Yeah, that's it. Um, so they, Magma that boss dropped worm. the Moonveil Katana <laughs> and, uh, I just became obsessed with that because it was matched to my build because I'm a, Sort of spell sword type build, so I was doing dexterity and intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. So then that sword was perfectly matched for me. So I've now got this magic ability with my dexterity ability, and it just complements my build so well. So I'm just using that for the rest of the game now, and it's just perfect. Um, See, I'm tempted because you can find a, a like an item or a piece of whetstone or something that lets you convert weapons into what you want it to be. Yes. So you can take the like you can take the Uchi Katana. Like I'm, I'm playing like um, a faith build, so I want it to be a sacred Uchi Katana, but you can't get that just because of basically the base stats of the Uchi Katana. Um, but you find that whetstone, and then that lets you put anything you want onto it, including sacred. Um, so I'm like, ooh, because at the moment I'm dual wielding scythes, um, and it's cool. It's really, really cool. My only sort of drawback of it is speed so the way that my character is built is purely on offense and i want to be fast and i'm not fast well i'm fast but i'm not you know as quick as i want to be um and the way around that is instead of dual wielding scythes to heavy weapons dual wield sword um and i'm like i could i could take that uchi katana and just shove sacred on it and then just level that up and then find one other sword to accompany it and that will be perfect. That'll be exactly what I want. So I'm tempted to go do that. I just haven't found that whetstone yet, but it's in the north part of the map. So I'm like, I could try and find it now before I maybe go into the. Yeah, it's definitely worth finding it. As I said, my, um, I've got a nine plus nine of my Moonveil Katana right now, so I just need one last uh, smithing stone. And apparently, that's in the last. It's like in the Giants area. Apparently, it's called something Land of the Giants. I don't know. Um, or I don't know where, uh, somewhere up north that you can't get access to until you've killed the boss at the air tree. Uh, so I'll be my next goal is to get that. But um, yes, so we're going to quickly take a break right now because I need the toilet. But after that, we'll come back and discuss it more. So we will be right back. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> we are. Jinx. We had. A great time during our break. No, no stress. No stress. No worry at all. No worry. No, nothing about recordings, not uploading, or not to say I'm really. Even though we're having these issues, if this all happened, if we were doing it 
like through Discord and didn't have audio backups, like that last forty minutes would have just disappeared. Yeah, we'd have to start again from scratch. Yeah, I need to look. Um, because we're using Riverside FM, and it is very good, very very good for putting like because you've disconnected like two or three times throughout this, and people probably haven't noticed, or they have definitely haven't noticed. But those multiple times you disconnected, it stopped recording. Start up a new one, and when you finish the recording and all the recordings have been uploaded, it just combines it into one file, and it you can just you don't need to do any editing at all. It's just like you just drop in and out of a call, and it just inserts you into the point where you just start talking and blah blah blah. Like it's, it's perfectly handy. It's, it's really it's really quite good for that. But we're having issues with just your laptop randomly disconnecting constantly. Th- just for the first time yeah. today when you've been using it all day and then as soon as you go on this it's just be disconnecting. So next time I think we'll just we'll get you onto the iPhone app and see how mm-hmm. that goes. Because uh, I think I've got we it on my phone. Tested that yet, so it would be good to try it. Yeah, because I think I've got it on my phone right now. Because um, they've just I think before it was just on in beta and stuff like that. It was never a full release. So there is I've got it here. Um, so they've made a lot of improvements to it. It used to be a bit ropey, but now it seems pretty decent. And it has the upload status thing. It says here we'll, you'll see recording upload status for your local recording. So it does the local recording stuff, which is handy. So it's like a... Because there's like two full uh, backup stuff in this. You've got the local recording stuff, and you've got the recording that they're making on their end. Because all the recordings that you're hearing right now are ones that are recorded on our computer locally. We're only using the VoIP stuff through the um, website to chat, but on the back end, we're using the local recordings. So that's why it sounds a lot more higher quality. And then uploads those local, local recordings and combines it into one file and normalizes the audio and stuff like that. But there is also another backup where it's recording the internet recording as well. So there's like two fault fail safes there, which is quite good, I think. Endorsement. Um, well, they're sending me a free gift, so yes. The, so it's the least you can do. Excited for my free gift. Anyway, we're back. Is there anything else you want to add on about Elden Ring Bell? Any other thoughts? I have. Because you're playing. Uh, I'm playing the Confessor. We'll offensive, yeah, offensive melee build. I am a spell sword where I am mostly. I'm 65% melee. And I use the sorceries for crowd control a lot of the time, or for ranged options when I don't have, when there's like a ranged requirement for certain enemies. Mm. What I will say though, I think the sorceries in this game are awful. They're really useless. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not good. The only sorceries. So I'm using are, incantations. So the only sorceries that are good in this game are Scholar's Armament, which I don't use anymore because my weapon has magic built in. So the Scholar's Armament can turn any. Uh, weapon into a, a magic weapon so if oh, you have like a strength based weapon um, or a dex based weapon that's only based on strength or dex uh, you can add a magic buff to it and it lasts for like 3 minutes and you can just before a fight your star st- you use the spell your star starts to glow and you get like double damage and it, it helps a lot of early game stuff because that the spell sword class or the prisoner class is more of like a it's not very good when it comes to crowd control stuff or getting up close sometimes because you, you you take hits and you take a lot of damage you don't really have a lot of strength uh or endurance really so you take a lot more damage than other classes and you're wearing like lighter armor and stuff like that as well so it's good for that and the other one is glint stone pebble 
and I'm still more occasionally using that late into the game. And every other sorcery that I have found, they costs a lot of FP to use, but the damage is just so minimal. Like it does nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like these are the sorceries look awesome, but they're not doing any damage. Yet I throw a, a glintstone pebble that's like seven FP instead of twenty two FP, and it's taken off like a fifth of their health. Whereas using the other big massive you know meteor shower one barely scratches their health, you know. And it's yeah. like they look awesome, but they don't really do anything to the enemies, and I was really disappointed. So that I've, based on that, I've mostly changed. I'm still mostly predominantly melee anyway. So I'd probably say more eighty percent melee actually now. I've got this the Moonvale katana, um, and I use Ooh, the Moonvale katana is nice. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome uh, sword. So I'm using I'm using the Moonvale katana a lot. Got that to plus nine now, and uh, plus ten will be next get it fully leveled up but um yeah i'm using the moon veil which combines the magic so i don't really need scholar's arm anymore so armament anymore so that's one of my spells down so the only spells i really use now are the glintstone pebble whenever something's ranged or the glintstone the giant shard or something like that which is quite handy and another one i use is like the glintstone arc which helps deal with because my class is really good one-on-one but as soon as there's like more than one enemy they get three or four enemies yeah. around you. Like, I struggle. Like, I can't uh, really crowd control. So having a glintstone arc, which damages multiple enemies at once, and it does decent damage, is helpful for staggering those enemies, damaging them, and just letting me get out of the... You know, the, being cornered by them just for a, a moment. Get out of the fight for a bit, so I can, like, kind of take them on one-on-one a bit more. So it's handy for that. But that's really all it's handy for. Like, it's not... I wouldn't recommend... Because a lot of people say... If, play astrologer for the easiest to have the easiest time in this game i wouldn't recommend it because yes it will be easier but it's not fun like because you'll be using glintstone pebble for the rest of that game unless you like go fully into intelligence i don't know because i've got my intelligence right now is like 50 i think something like that my my intelligence is at 50 my dexterity is at 40 i think so I'm slowly leveling the decks up. I was focused a bit more on intelligence because of my Moonveil stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't nice recommend speed, <laughs> the, the speed. The speed of the I love the deck because I, I tried the Moonlight Greatsword, and I just it looks awesome. Or the the Dark Moon Greatsword, I think it's called. Uh, but it's just so slow and cumbersome. It's like ugh, I, I miss just being able to run up to someone, unsheath, and do a massive lunge at them. Or the, the unsheath for the because you get the light attack unsheath for the Moonveil Gatan and the heavy attack unsheath. So the heavy attack is a really good one for just one enemy. So you can like really lunge into one enemy, but the light attack unsheath unleashes a wave of magic to multiple enemies enemies at once. So it's really good for crowd control there as well because it lets out like a ray of or a wave of magic energy when you use the unsheath ability. It's really neat. Um, but yeah, if you are thinking of playing. Uh, or astrologer going purely magic based I also don't think I can recommend it it's just a bit boring it's really underwhelming the, the sorceries, I have no idea what the incantations are like but every incantation I've picked up seems kind of awesome. Incantations, so how, how are the incantations in the game? So I use two primarily uh, originally I was a bit kind of like eh, there, there, nothing really overly exciting here um, but actually the ones that I use, so I have 
an AOE one. It's a Flame of the Fell God, I think it's called. Um, where it's just basically a massive ball of fire that obliterates its target that you aim it at, but then it supplies AOE damage as well. So anything surrounding the target takes... It's not tons of damage, but it's enough to make you go, right, that that's them taking some damage and you can just run in and just finish them off. Um, and then the other one that I use, and I can't... For, I've been trying to think of what it's called and I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a bolt of lightning that you throw that attacks a single target, but it's really powerful. Um, so that has got me out of a... So my issue was always range. Um, I didn't. I don't have a bow and arrow. And there was instances in that where you're like, I could really use a bow and arrow. Um, but that fat, that bolt of lightning really helps in those instances. Um, it's amazing. The range is really, really good on it. It might not be as powerful as a bow, but it's still very, very good. So long as you have... Because I, I basically have put a lot of points into faith. I think my faith is at 42, 43 now. Um, and but um, I didn't really level up my mind, so I could only use it like twice. And I was like, ah, it's powerful. I just can't really use it. Um, so I've put a whole point, whole pile of points into mind, and actually, it almost becomes like the main way of fighting is just using your incantations because mm. they're really, really powerful. Just with it accompanied with a couple of like hits with a safe. Um, it's really, really good. It's so really like quick to use as well. Yeah, so I found a talisman that increases or like speeds up your incantation time. So that bolt of lightning's instant. It's just you tap R one and that's it done. Because um, originally there was like a wee bit of like a a bit of time to it. You know, it was a bit of time for it to charge and then throw. Um, whereas you know, with that a talisman on, it's just boom, 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 boom. You can literally Ricky. throw out four in the space of a second. It's excellent. Um, That's interesting. And that, and that flame of the uh, fire, uh, flame of the fell god, or fire of the fell god, or something. That was incredibly slow, um, and you can see why. You're like you're summoning a massive ball of fire, but with the uh, but with that talisman on, mm-mm-mm. instant. So that makes things so much easier. Is actually like how so I, I can equip three talismans. And actually, all three of them really like. If it wasn't for them, I'd have a. I don't think my like I, I, my build wouldn't work at all. Um, it would just be incredibly slow and clunky. Um, but by the time you add on talismans, it's like, ooh, that's yeah, nice. It's the same. It's the same with mine. Because one of the talismans, I I can equip four now. Because when you kill the boss at the air tree, you get a talisman pouch. So you can equip four of them. Ooh, yeah, that's quite good. So one of the ones I have is it increases my load. Uh, not load out. Was it called to increase your weight so you can weigh heavier, wear heavier things? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's, like your your carry weight, carry yeah, it increases your carry weight by quite a bit. So now I can equip like heavier armor, but still be within the medium load, so I can quickly be you know dash out the way and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I find the fat rolling just to be way too slow. Like, I don't understand. I don't get the, the people who like that. I I really like dex builds and like. Getting in there quick and fast and getting out as quick as I can as well. Deck spells are amazing. It, yeah, it's like, I think going forward, because I, I said to myself, like, when I'm playing through these other games, uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, and Bloodborne, I'll, like, try out the other types of classes and maybe focus on that. But every time I've 
tried going a bit heavier in Elden Ring, which is probably the peak in terms of gameplay for these games, is peak gameplay. So it's the best place to test it out. Um, I've just never enjoyed it. Like I've, I've just, I just prefer. I'm not big on doing slow attacks with high damage. I'd rather do quick attacks with lower damage that can quickly get in and out of battle, and you know, be defensive and offensive at the same yep. time instead of purely being just offensive. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm going forward and going to stick with that. But yeah, I, I, one one of the things I like in this game as well is how easy it is to just respec. Oh yeah, I found, Marvel tier. I found I found I've, I've respected twice now because I wanted to readjust because I kind of went I was a bit too of splitting it a bit too evenly between decks and intelligence. So now I have the moon veil. I've focused a bit more intelligence to get more out of that weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've went back to one of the bosses you beat in the game. She gives you the ability to every spec if you find these. I'm assuming they're wombs. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think look they some are. It. Yeah. Um, and there's a way, because I heard before the game came out, I was like, yes, you can, but you only have a limited amount. But that's not true. And one of the areas for the main quest, I think, is uh, a place called the Eternal City. There's these giant balls. Yeah, and they drop a larval tier. Yeah, and you can just farm them. I've, I've so got, I've got six like, of them. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got about 15. Yeah. So like, I can just respect whenever, and it's just awesome. I absolutely love that. Um, so it allows me to because I thought well if I try this and I, I experimented a little so I put more a bit more into vigor and endurance than I did before and now I'm just I'm not getting one shotted anymore yeah which is nice well for now anyway uh, before I move into the later areas uh, it feels good just being being able to do that and sort of refine yeah, it a bit more you feel like you make a mistake you're like oh you know what I can fix that quickly yeah but I think for the other games I don't think you can easily do that so I think going for those other games I'll probably well, there's the good thing about going back to the other games now is that people have, um, you know, really gone over them with a fine tooth comb, and I've got the perfect builds and that kind of stuff. So I think for other games, I'll just pick a build and stick with that, and just follow whatever a guide says to whatever mm-hmm. I put my points into. That's why I end up doing with Demon Souls. I really enjoyed that, so I'll just do the same after the other games. Um, yeah, that's, sounds like incantation is the way to go versus. Sorcery. The sorcery looks cool, but it's not very effective in my opinion. So it sounds like incantations are a bit more fun. Yeah, oh, incantations um, are great. Some of them are, you know, like Flame of the Fell God. So it's got some really, really cool names. <laughs> like, yeah, they sound really cool. Uh, um, I haven't tried. I, I, a, I might, I've tried a lot of sorceries though. I've kind of just picked the ones that I'll, that I've been like, I'll use that. Um, but I might go back and buy a few more and just be like, just try it, see what it's like. I would buy Scholar's Armament because it does. If you don't have a weapon right now, that I don't know if it, if faith impacts at all, but if you only have a weapon right now that's just purely strength and dex or strength and or dex, you can, if you get Scholar's Armament, you can put a buff, a magic buff on it and it will increase its damage. I've got a... Uh, maybe worth doing that. I found a... I keep calling it an Art of War. It's not that... It's like an arms or something? Arms Ash, of War? Or Ash of War. Ash of War or something, yeah. I think, I think it's Ash of War. Um... I found one of them that puts holy damage onto your right weapon, um, which is ah, scaled off. Okay, faith. that'll so that'll be your version then. So I'll uh, use that then. And yeah, that's the I always use one of them. Go before so, into battle for the sorcery equivalent. So for me, for a boss fight, it, it doesn't last long, but neither does the boss fight when I've put it all on. So put on your buff on your right weapon, and then I've got a incantation called O Flame. Give me power, 
And it is, <laughs> I have that as well. It's so good. <laughs> and it is literally just that. Is that increases your defense and attack. So they just put on all your buffs, go in, and then just hit things quickly. Because my issue is that I don't have much in the way of defense. And it does sort of become a bit of a drag sometimes when you're constantly having to redo things because there's just things that are just like, oh, like, like, it's just going to one-shot me or it's going to take out 75% of my HP in one hit. So go in and you hit it harder, basically, and just try and get it done as quickly as you can. That's <laughs> basically how I've been playing the game. Um, so how many buffs can I add on just so I can go and destroy this thing before it you know, destroys me? Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But sounds like a sounds like a fun way to play that. It's a fun way. It's very unpredictable because sometimes it will be like that's just worked out brilliantly. Other times, uh, you're like, okay, this, this isn't working. I need to rethink my strat. <laughs> but I'm enjoying the way I'm enjoying that way of playing it. Yeah, the gameplay is just awesome. I'm really it's so one of the big criticisms that people are because this weird sort of debate going on at the moment. And it's actually brought in some developers as well. I'm not sure if you heard this, but sort of the debate between between. Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring. Yeah, 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 I've heard about this. Yeah, because I think one of the stories that came out was like real developers that are like, I think the guy who worked on Horizon Forbidden West is like the lead quest designer, and he was criticizing the game for how they structure their quests in this. Another guy was like a from Ubisoft, who was like a UX designer, a UI designer, and someone else, I can't remember the other person. But like, even developers are getting on it and trying to like shit on it, saying like, oh, I don't get the hype, like, it seems like a UX nightmare, and the quest design's awful, and I'm like, this... That's the way the game's the, designed, the one, exp- the one quest I've experienced in this game versus the, the 10 or 15 I played in Horizon Forbidden West, that one quest was significantly more memorable, and I went through so many emotions just through that one side quest line Aye. versus anything in the entirety of Horizon Forbidden West. Like, I absolutely... I thoroughly enjoyed Horizon Forbidden West. Since we last recorded, I've got the platinum on it. I got the platinum, yeah, well all done. the trophies, uh, finished a lot of the side quests, finished all the story, obviously, to get the platinum. But um, I put a lot of time into that game, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. But I have criticisms, and the criticisms that I have, which I uh, mentioned some earlier about, you know, question marks everywhere, blah, blah, blah. The other thing, that, uh, my main criticism is the game just telling you where to go constantly. And the characters telling you where to go constantly, what to do constantly. It's like it's the most focused, tested game I've ever played. So wherever, wherever moment, the game doesn't let you think for yourself. It's just constantly telling you what to do. Whereas in this, the game is not telling you anything. It's like just go and do whatever you want. You make the decision. If you don't feel like you're ready for this yet, just go away. It's fine. You don't have to beat your head against it over and over again. You can just walk away from it, go do something else, come back later, and you know, kill the boss, or whatever. And that's just refreshing to me. It's just such a refreshing experience playing this versus the likes of Dying Light. Because when I first heard Dying Light 2 is going to have 500 hours worth of content, I was like, ugh. It rolled my eyes. And as soon as I unlocked the first turn in Dying Light 2, my heart just sank when I just saw all these icons. I thought, I'm just not interested. Like, if you just lay everything out for me in that way and just clutter the map up, like, it has the, the opposite effect on me. I see it and I'm like, I do not want to interact with any of this. Because it's just too much. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tick. A lot of people get off, get off on like sort of the tick box exercise and like doing everything they can see. And I was like that, especially when the original Assassin's Creed games came out, Assassin's Creed One, Two, and like Brotherhood and stuff like that. Like I really liked that, but I, there's something that clicked in me later on 
where as early as Brotherhood, where I thought, this is too much. Like, I can't do this anymore. And ever since then, like, I've just been that way with open world games. Um, where I was fatigued on that kind of stuff. Like, I prefer the Elder Scrolls and this type of open world where there's just nothing on your map. You're not told where to go, whereas I suppose in Elder Scrolls you kind of are of your story, but you can easily just ignore it. You've got a quest log, but and you can click on that quest log and it tells you where to go for the next objective, but you can easily ignore that, turn it off, and just go and see, oh, there's a, a weird shack in the distance, let's go and go over there and find out where that is, and that turns into like a really awesome you know, side quest. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in like this, like Horizon Forbidden West, there's like you know, you, you uh, go into a new town, there's like four people with green exclamation marks over them. I'm like, ugh. Like, just let me discover it naturally. I don't need to. Like, why do I have to. Why is this person going to stand here forever and have this same conversation with this other person over and over again every time I walk by them because they just happen to have a green exclamation mark over their head? Like, it's different than something like Skyrim where you just come across that stuff naturally. It's not advertised. Like, you might hear a conversation. Uh, going through like an end or something like that, and then the piece sort of piques your interest, but they don't have a giant glowing exclamation mark over their head, you know? Yeah. Um, it's easier to avoid that stuff when it's spelled out for you, and that's why I love this game, because nothing is spelled out for you at all. It's like, you could easily miss a lot. Oh, like, I, I missed a couple of side characters in the first area. Like, I thought I was very thorough in Limgrave and Weeping Peninsula, but it turns out I missed a couple of people. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize. I actually ended up finding Blythe by accident. Because you go through the misty woods and you hear this howling. Yeah, no. And I just happened to go back to the merchant. Because the game doesn't tell you that you go back to the merchant that you first meet when you first come out the... Oh, yes, but then that's where you meet the witch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly there as well. The game doesn't tell you that either. Um, which people criticize, but I don't mind it. Um, when I played the network test, I didn't find her, so I didn't even have a horse when I played the network test. So people were talking about these horses. And like, where did you get this horse? Not knowing that you had to go back to that church at night. To get the steed there to get torrent, which is funny. Um, so you could potentially go through that entire game with a. Well, maybe you could. I don't know. Um, you get you torrent get... on the third time you sit down at a, a grace, or the third oh, you? grace okay. you discover. Um, right, right, but right. But which only appears at the campsite at night. Well, not the campsite, the merchant bit. Um, oh, so you could potentially miss that entire... You can miss that whole interaction because she only appears on the first night, I think. I don't think it's a permanent thing. I think you need to get her really early Oh, on. I see. Um, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, Torrent comes from the third grace you visit, so you're guaranteed to get Torrent because that's where... Um, what's the what's the person who is your maiden? Um, oh, the hooded the girl? The hooded girl, yeah. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, she because she she appears before you at the third grace you visit, um, but if you can go to the merchant at night where you'll find the witch in place of the merchant, but she will only stay there for a limited amount of time. Um, after which point right. you won't see her again, and you have no idea that she even exists. Um, I wonder if that impact. I, I imagine that impacts the quest later on. I'd imagine. I think so. I read something somewhere saying that. Because maybe the quest doesn't activate or something. Because I'm cute. Um, there's a couple of instances where, like, see, if you've not had a certain interaction, you won't be able to like open a chest. So you know how you have to go into the Eternal City, and there's an item that you need to pick up that she exchange that you give. I think it's like a dagger or a sword or something. So yeah, she gives you the talisman to go into the inverted tower. Um. Oh yeah, that was awesome. So 
that you can completely miss God. that completely if you had the no prospector. idea. Because at the whole point is that she's going on like she's trying to get into the you know the the Eternal City, Nocron, or is it Nocron? It's called. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't know how, and they don't know what the link is. And that's where you then meet Blythe, who's obviously working with her. But obviously, if you've met her before, you'll know, right, this is all connected. Um, he's talking about there's a link underneath in the wells. Like, if you go down into a well, there's a left that takes you down, and he thinks that's the link between where you are and the secret city of Nokron. Um, But I think if you don't talk to her, or if there's something you miss... You can't open. You can't open the chest that gives you the dagger. That will, that will then give you the talisman. You can miss that completely. That will come up that you're not worthy um, to open oh, the chest, and that you need to come back. I don't know if you then can visit her in her tower later on. I wonder. That's, that's what I'm wondering. I feel like she's always going to be there in her tower because it's her tower. Yeah. So maybe you can activate it that way. But maybe if you come, well, the only way you can get to that place is by. Well, you, you actually probably could still get to that place by killing the General Rodan guy anyway, so you probably could accidentally come across that and say that you are not worthy, then maybe someone looks up saying, why does this say I'm not worthy? Then they realise, oh, I'll have to go to this tower in the manor and find this witch lady. And she'll tell you to go and... Oh, um, you know the... What what was it called again? It's like the the red wolf guy that you need to kill um, before you go into the rock place. See if you're not following that quest line and you kill him, he respawns. He, you can't kill him unless you're doing that quest line. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. So, if you if you get him down, that he he'll just come back. Um, he'll just keep coming back. Um, you have to be on that quest line because she's like, oh, I'm hunting whatever it's called. I can't, I'm not very good with the names. Um, yeah. If you haven't, you know, spoken to her because you have to speak to the doll. Um. If you don't speak to the doll, oh, that's right. Yeah. If you don't speak to the, if you don't speak to that wee doll, then that quest will just keep going on and on and on and on forever until you do. Um, that that guy won't die. <laughs> and you're like, all right, that's the game's obviously punishing you to be like you've missed a step. That's interesting. Yeah. So I just happened to, because I wasn't, I didn't even know about this for the Darkman Great Sword stuff. I just happened to come across all that. Um, naturally, it wasn't until I got to the doll part where I was like, what do I do here? Then it wasn't until I looked up online where it said, you know, go to the, the site of Grace and talk to the doll, and that continues the quest from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just, it just felt amazing coming across that naturally. Like, I wasn't going for that quest. Like, I wasn't even aware of it. She just asked me for my service. And I thought, all right, okay, let's see what this is about. And I just happened to come across Blythe at that point because he's sort of key in that. Um, but at that point, I already discovered the underground city mm-hmm. through the well and the Misty Woods area and stuff like that. So. I thought, oh, maybe it's something to do with this. And it was just awesome, like, going through that entire um, journey with those characters. That it it's is, just so good. That area is massive as well, that underground bit. Oh, that's insane. There's, like, there's a whole... If you think... I mean, it's not as big as no. the the world on, above, but there's, like, a whole other world underground, and it's just absolutely insane. Like, when you first discover that, I'm like, this is just amazing. There's just so much to this game. They just keep surprising me. I, like, I think it was, like, 30, 40 hours in. And by that time, I'm usually done with a game. But this game just... It just keeps throwing new things at you and it just keeps blowing you away every time. It's always time. fine with an open world game. You'll reach a point where you'll be like, right, story to the end. Let's just get it done. But now I'm like, yes. I just want to go on forever. I don't want it to stop. 
Um, that's what I felt like as well. I was like, I just don't want this to end. Like, when it ends, like, what will I do? Exactly. I'm, it's like, I'm just going to have to... <laughs> Play other games? Like, there's other games. Like, I genuinely think I've done... It's going to be a massive struggle. So I'm just not interested in anything else right now, apart from Elden Ring. I'd be like, oh, but we... You know, Tiny Tina's Wonderland's coming out at the end of the month. Yeah, but it's, it's not Elden Ring. It's not Elden Ring. It's not Elden yeah. Ring. Oh, there's a new Pokemon game coming out at the end of the year. Not Elden Ring. I'm hoping there'll be Elden Ring DLC by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. But what else does there be like, oh, you know, um, Starfield's coming out at the end of the year. Is it going to be as I'm good? excited for I'm that. I'm excited for Starfield, but is it, is it Elden Ring? Like, it's like it's going to be. I don't know. I mean, they're similar, but they're very different at the same time. This is a, this. What's exciting for me is that it's not just another Elder Scrolls or another Fallout because they're sort of predictable. But it's like this is a whole new, whole new IP thing yeah. for Bethesda. This is a whole new IP. It's a whole potentially they could sort of redefine. I think in college when we first sort of we were playing a lot of like New Vegas and Skyrim, we we called them BRPGs. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like Bethesda RPGs because they're like they're sort of they're also they're an RPG, but is that besides that Bethesda flavor to it? Because they yeah. they do things that no other RPGs really do. The sort of the persistent world and how it impacts everything around it, and everything's persistent as well. And uh, so it was called like a BRPG. Maybe they can redefine what that means for them because I felt like with Fallout Four they went down a because we had our we discussed that on this how. Fallout 76 made us appreciate Fallout 4 even more. But even with Fallout 4, there's still certain things I just don't like about it, where they went with the dialogue options and stuff like that. I hope they go back to more of their traditional roots with that stuff with uh, Starfield. But I'm excited to see what that game is. We'll probably find out in about three months, I imagine. I'd imagine we will. Yeah. But I, I really will have to do a lot to oh. overcome... We need to be something beat. special um, yeah. to overcome Elden Ring, because Elden Ring is just, in, in my opinion, as close to perfect as you're going to get. Um, it is... Yeah. It's not well, it's not perfect, but it's just so, so, so good that it just like basically gets into your head and loves their rent-free. Um, yeah. It's just like, I love that game. I'll just All I want to do is sit and play it, and when I'm not playing it, I want to be watching videos on it. I want to be learning more about this world, um, about things that I may have potentially missed out on, um, or things that hey, I'm not doing this in the game, but I'm. I wonder, like you know, what other people are doing with it. Like you know, I don't play with great swords, but what are people doing with that? It's like things like that, and it's been a long, long time since I've been that excited about a game to be like, oh, I'm literally going to spend all my time. You know, thinking about it and watching watching videos on it, and then as soon as I get a second, I'm I'm playing it, even if it's just to pick up plants. You know, it's <laughs> it's genuine. But that's actually one other thing actually about it. Um, have you ever actually crafted anything? Uh, yes, I I crafted. Um, you just got the the rot area. You talked yeah. about the lake of rot. You, when you go in there, you get this the sacred rot stuff, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. I crafted some of the things to mitigate that because I accidentally came across like a weird, not a side quest, but through that entire lake, there's these like little islands, and on the little islands are these like giant buttons you can push. When you right. push the buttons, it uh, rises. This big sort of structure rises, and when you push all of them, 
it creates a structure that you can go on top of and there's an item up there so when I was going through the Lake of Rot and you can't use your horse so you have uh, to uh, walk yeah, around so, so I crafted these things that mitigates because your health goes down really quick with that like faster than poison oh, oh, yeah, so you're yeah, using yeah. your flasks quite a lot um, so when I was doing that and activating all those buttons I uh, got to the point where I could f- f- finally climb up but I was like down to my final flask so I thought well I'll once I get out of the lake, I'll quickly craft these things that gets rid of the the poison stats, whatever, and then I can fully heal up and not lose my health. So that's literally the only time <laughs> I've used the crafting. <laughs> See, I, other than maybe one or two of those wee things, never, never crafted a thing. I've tried to think. It must be something. Uh, no, the only like, thing I can see that's quite handy, like crafting, is. Um, you can craft the co-op item, so you you've got the finger and then the the remedy. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that I can see. It would be quite handy is that you can just quickly craft a a remedy to play co-op, which is handy, which is good rather than having to go find them all the time. Um, yeah, I think the other thing you can craft as well are these like sort of crow's feet looking things. Or oh, gold. that gives you extra runes. Then, um, yeah, you can craft them as well. Um, there was uh, some... I've I found like five of them or something, so I never. I, I only I've only farmed once in this game. That's when I was like really struggling in an area. Yeah, I found this farm online. It's just this giant ball that chases you down. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I did it a couple of times as well. <laughs> but yeah, I still do it if I'm if I've like let's say I've died and I've lost like twenty thousand souls, and I'm like I'm gonna go buy some upgrades. That I'll just quickly run there, sit there for five minutes, just purely to get. See, that was that was uh, just. I stopped caring about my souls at some point where I was talking about where I was over level for that area because mm-hmm. I lost like 40,000 souls at one point I thought well it doesn't matter because I'm like 30 levels above where I need to be anyway so I never felt that devastating I kind of missed that thrill of like I really need to get through this and see this through to and get to a set of grace because I need to keep these souls but that was just gone see I feel from the those only areas time I, I feel as if I'm carrying about 70,000 plus and then I'm like ooh yeah. that's a good couple levels for me I love that feeling when you finally get to the set of grace and you think I've got enough to level up so I'll just level up so I don't lose yeah. 50 or 60 plus later on so then you've got like a thousand legs to think oh whatever I don't care if I yeah, die, if I die I'll just, oh well who yeah. cares just I get through this boss if see I'm what this place is like, like. A, a particular amount I'm like oh, well what I'll do is I'll just spend them and then if I die I die Follows them, it's not going to be the end of the world. Have you um, come across the girl that upgrades your summons? No, I can't find her. So I found her in the shack originally, um, and I have not seen her since, and I don't know where she is. I think you you might need a certain item, because I found this... Oh, I can't remember how... Because I just happened to... Because she pops up in the round table hold, if you find her. Yeah, she's, she's by the fireplace. Yeah. She's beside the, the blacksmith. Oh, so you have she's been saying the blacksmith for you? Now? Oh no, 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 she's not there. Um, but I know where she where she's meant to be. Um, well, she should be out in the main hall, the main round table area. Yeah, I'll go check that out actually once we're done. By here. the fire, there's a big fire, and you talk to her. She's like, "Oh, I, it turns out I have a special power, or something like that." Uh, and he said to her, well, "I'll talk." She's maybe I should ask Master Hugh if I should, up, you know, learn or whatever she says. And he talked to the Master Hugh guy and. Sort of instigate the conversation between the two of them. Then you pop out, pop back in. And then she's sitting next to him, uh, or across from him. Uh, 
So she should be there, but I think you may need a certain item. I'm not sure. I just happened to find the item. But I still have it. I haven't given it to her, so I don't know. Because I found it online, because I've read up about it online. It says, oh, to, this item is for so-and-so. It's and like the, the grave, the something wart. I can't remember what it's called. No, it's not the grave wart. It's like a... Uh, I can't remember the name. It's like a, a key item or something like that. It's like red and gold. Um, I'm not sure what it is, but maybe that guide was the bucky was wrong or something. I'm not sure. I haven't actually used it so far. But uh, yeah, she's really handy because I don't. I well, I use the summons every time in a boss fight. But I've I came across. Have you come across something called the mimic tier? Yes, the mimic tier is so good. So, oh yeah, it's good. So I've got that. So I just spawn myself yep. as a summon. Yep. And I've leveled that up as high as I can. Oh. And it's just awesome having two versions of myself because I it copies the same attacks and stuff like that. So it's really great when you're see for uh, in a boss fight. I've got bleeding on one of um on one of my weapons and see like two versions of me attacking a boss and get to, you know bleeding happens almost <laughs> immediately. And you're like, yeah, yes, it's great. <laughs> I love it. And because I, I, I love bleeding on my katana as I well. Just I want them to be more powerful, so I'm going to actually check that out because I want to. I've got all the, I've tons of items to go level them up. Yeah, that's because uh, I was disappointed as well. So these are really weak now. Like, yeah, they kind I, of. I'm mostly just using them as a distraction. Yeah, just, but then I came across her and it instigated the conversation between her and Master Hugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she lets me level up stuff. So I've put a lot of souls into, uh, leveling up myself. And I'm a bit more my my summons a bit more tanky now, so it takes a good few hits mm-hmm. and it does a lot more damage. Because I kind of find that all mine just die within, even the tanky ones just die almost immediately. Yeah, you have to level them up. I've because I found the wolves to be really handy because they sort of split up mm-hmm. and last quite well sometimes. So I put some into them. So I've got the wolves, which I'm still using from the beginning, and myself. So I predominantly use myself because I now I've got enough health to quickly recover. I've got like plus seven or eight in my flasks now, so I can quickly heal up fully now, um, which is quite good. So it's a really handy summon. It's really good. I really like the summons. A lot of people are, a lot of the purists are like, oh, didn't really defeat the, the boss fight if you use a summon, which I'm just bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. I'm using any any opportunity I can to get through this fight. hundred <laughs> percent. Like the you know the developers have put it in the game for a reason. You know it's there to be used. <laughs> Use it. Yeah, it's just a really cool feature. It makes has a bit more uh, a, a dynamic to yeah. combat. Get, so that's one of the, the other. Sort of it gives you like options for tactics as well. Be like, well, you know, I'm struggling at this bit of the fight. I'll deploy my summon then, and then that should help me a wee bit more. Yeah, exactly. That is very helpful. Because um, that's sort of the other criticism a lot of people have. Because we'll be talking about the those developers that criticize the quest design. There's a weird f- fight going on between the sort of the Sony fanboys for Horizon and everyone else for Elden Ring about how every time a Horizon game comes out there's like a game that's always better that comes out just after it um, so I'm really looking forward to what Horizon 3 brings uh, <laughs> I think it was Dan Reichert put it nicely well, I think I liked his tweet, what does he say um, where is it so we'll get Elden Ring 2 Oh, I didn't like the tweet. I'm pretty sure I liked his tweet. Or I retweeted it, that's what it was. I was kind of hoping I'd get some hate for it, but I didn't. 
Ben Reichert, where is he? God, all my tweets are just screenshots of Elden Ring. As it should be. And maybe you deleted that tweet. I'm so so certain I... Maybe he was getting too much hate for it. Uh, he doesn't care about that kind of stuff, though. I'll try and find it. How long ago did Elden Ring come out? About two weeks ago. Because he's really loving it and he's not the type of guy who likes Souls games, so if it caught him, you know it's a good game. I think he did delete it because now I can't see it. Yeah, I think he did, but basically he said, you know, I can't wait for Horizon 3 if the week after uh, every Horizon game, there's the game of the year comes out. <laughs> the last game that came out after, a week after Horizon was uh, Breath of the Wild. Oh. Um... And for him, that was like one of his favorite games of all time. That Elden Ring is out a week after the second Horizon. That's like one of the greatest open world games ever made. <laughs> <laughs> so, was Horizon Three going to bring us? Um, I thought it was quite funny, but because a lot, a lot of people are criticizing the combat and how like, oh, you only use two buttons for attacks and stuff like that, and like Horizons. Way I don't more. use any more than two buttons. It's complex. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like... I found the combat in Horizon, it was like thrilling initially. Because you get all these all these weapons thrown at you, like all these different like status effects type stuff you can throw at enemies and stuff like that to make them weak. Um, and you get these like rope catchers or rope casters to like tie enemies down and stuff up. Like but it really all it drills down to is shoot the glowing points. Mm-hmm. And, and like forty hours of that, it got boring for me. And there is a lot of depth there if you want if you you know, want to delve into it and you you know use all the tools that are available to you. But a lot of the time, I just used a hunter bow. And like scanned an enemy, shot the glowing points off, then killed the enemy. And for human enemies, when uh, I just used the melee a lot of the time as well, and they really have improved the melee in the Forbidden West. There's like combos and stuff now, but you're not ever really in a situation where you can use a lot of them. So it's a bit of a waste, I find. But an Elden Ring is like, yeah, as just you know, hold L one and mash R one occasionally a lot of the time, but it's far more thrilling than anything in Horizon. <laughs> oh, in my opinion, I agreed. Uh, it's just a great game all around. It really, I mean, it is definitely isn't perfect, but for me, it is a ten out of ten. Oh, it's ten out of ten. It's like nothing is ever going to be perfect anyway. But even the nicest no, person in the world saying, has well, if, still got. If flaws. it has all these UI issues and like uh, stuttering issues on PCs, why are people giving it ten out of tens? And it's like, well, because it's no not such thing as an absolute perfect game, really. Aye. Um, It really isn't, so it's nothing either, because it's a bit framey on the PS5, but it's, uh, it hasn't hindered my experience in any way. I wish it was smoother, but I'm very happy with just playing the way it is at the moment. It's not put me off the game at all, like it has for people on PC yeah. and stuff like that. In fairness, the PC port, isn't, it should it should have been better, because uh, even people with 3090s and stuff like that are getting stuttering issues and can't even run it at full 60. It's a bit weird. I know it's mental, but isn't it? They'll fix it. <laughs> yeah, it's Just, weird. How much is it for one of those graphics cards? Like one thousand five hundred pounds. Yeah, it's just a lot stuttering. Money. Apparently, the best place to play it is the Steam Deck. Oh really? Because apparently, uh, yeah. Imagine having fun, like, no stuttering on there. Oh man, I, I'm absolutely dying for the Steam Deck. All I can think of is just laying in bed playing Elden Ring. Hmm? 
Oh. It's going to be amazing. I'd, so I'd probably buy it on PC if I had a, a Steam Deck. Yeah, I've got my, I've got my pre-order and it's still at Q2. I was hoping it would get bumped up to Q1, but a lot of people were moved into Q3 the other day there, so I thought, oh god, I better check my order. And still, thankfully, I'm in Q2, so hopefully I'll get it around uh, April or May time. Or probably most likely May, I think, by the looks of it. Um, it seems like they're going full steam ahead with the Steam Deck now with production, so there's a chance I might get it earlier, maybe as soon as March is over uh, into April they'll give an update for Q3 people. I'm hoping they won't leave until June, mm-hmm. the end of Q3, or Q2 rather. Uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the Steam Deck. There's a lot of... I'm genuinely tempted to just make that my f- just full-time computer. Like, just sell the Mac buy a dock, and just whenever we need to record the podcast, just, just fix the Steam, Steam deck, deck up to the dock, <laughs> pull it out into the monitor, and just do it that way. It's uh, tempting. It'd be great. The fact that you could do that as well is amazing. Yeah, because they just released their Windows drivers today, so you'll be able to dual boot Windows soon. Mm. Uh, so you can dual boot between Steam OS, which I'll probably use for the games, then I'll dual boot into... Uh, Windows for this or playing Game Pass mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe the games will run because on the Linux or the Steam OS side is running a, a Linux layer called Proton where it translates the Windows games in real time. Uh so you're playing Windows games but it's being translated in real time into a Linux based game. Uh and the the performance of the games are like really holding up quite well, but a lot of people are thinking like, well, what if you get rid of that layer of translation layer and just have it run on its native OS? How will it run? Maybe games will run better now on uh, Steam Deck and stuff, so a lot of that's up in the air at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the Steam Deck. I I need it. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't be long for you. hope so. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just thought we'll hope it's out before the Sons of the Forest comes mm-hmm. out. So we can all play that. Can't wait for Sons of the Forest. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Because I've got to have a other gaming PC there, but it's... Com- will probably barely run Sons of the Forest, I imagine. So having it on Steam Deck would be better, I think. Uh, well, I suppose we'll... I think we're done with Eldering that. I think so. Any other issues? No, nope, not at all. The fact that I'm not playing it's an yeah, issue. I went over my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I've talked about my sorcery thing and my progression thing. So that's really the only two uh, issues I've had. Everything else has just been a delight. But even then, like, it hasn't not hindered my experience no. of the game ever. Still loved every minute of it. I'm going to... Well, I say I love every minute of it. I haven't actually played it in a couple, two or three days. And the reason why... It's because another game came out. Mm. Grand Turismo 7. GT. So I originally wasn't going to buy this. It wasn't until I saw you play it, I thought, oh, he's getting it. He got it as well. Because I was kind of on the... Well, I was kind of in between going, ugh. I've got Elden Ring, like, I've got that. And there's a few Game Pass games coming out to play. But everything I've seen of GT7 just looks really good. So I took the I took the plunge. I thought, you know what? I'll buy it. 
and I initially felt, and you told me earlier, you felt the same way, but just a little bit of buyer's remorse. I thought, well, I just spent 50 plus quid on this racing game. There's, you know, Elden Ring there, there's other games to play. This is really the right decision. And for me, it has been. Yep. I have loved every minute of GT said, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's, it's kind of blown me away. I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I, oh, pardon me, I love it as much as I do. It's really solid. Oh, it's I love it. genuinely, genuinely very, very good. It's, like it's finally like a GT game you can enjoy since GT3. It's like, yes, finally. Because um, I really like GT3 A-Spec, and I really like GT4, but GT5 and 6 were just a bit... Because I never... Well, I didn't own a PS3 until 2009, but it's when my my friend got one earlier and he got GT5 Prologue. And even then, it's just, there's something about the PS3 other GT that was just a bit meh. Mm-hmm. Especially for the loading times. Like, it took ages to get into a race. It took ages to navigate the menus. It took ages for like, cars to pop up and that kind of stuff. Um, it was just very slow and cumbersome and just... And they had that whole weird thing about premium cars and like standard cars. So, like Other cars that like, didn't get special treatment in terms of graphics and design. Then you have your premium cars where they actually put the effort into making modeling inside the cars and stuff like that. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Whole thing. So it was just a bit of a a mess back then. But it seems like they're finally they're back on form with GT7. And I've really it's taken up a lot of my time. I think I played about well according to the PlayStation it's been about seven hours. And in that seven hours all I've played is the licenses. I can't believe it. I still find it amazing you've just played licenses. <laughs> I know. Well, I've got Golden Alvin now. I just got Golden the last one there. I'll save my replay, so I'm going to upload it to Twitter later. I got, like, I think the target time was 1 minute 26 seconds, point zero zero zero, And I got 1 minute 25, 900 and... 1 minute, one minute 25, point 947, I think it was, or 37. Uh, so, like... Hundredth of a second, just in time. And that last uh, test is where you drive on this wet track um, for like twenty or thirty or forty times. I think it was. I never even finished the race. Like I've, the first time I actually finished the race was the time I got the gold time, uh, which is just amazing. Because I think I think I must have. I think a good plus fifty plus times. I just really beat my head against the thing. I just can't get through this because every so it's the wrong turn or like steering too heavily into an area or steering into the curbs and stuff like that or the apex just spun your car out because the apex is like soaking wet so you have to stick to the road as dry so you're really in this narrow part of the road you can only stick to the dry parts of the road you can't like go outside that because if you go outside the dry parts the wet the the wet, the wet road just like sucks your car in and spins you out and it made it really hard and i Occasionally, I always just caught the part of the wet road, and it would spin me out, and I was trying to steer too fast to correct it, and I would just spin out of control. Um, but it got to a point where I like nailed the first few corners, and I got ahead of the demonstration ghost. So I thought, okay, when I was doing my final run there, I think that was like my ten or fifteenth run in that setting. I was like, oh, I need to record a podcast in like ten minutes, so I'll do one more uh, and see how it goes. So now, you know that sort of feeling you get when you're, it's even in a, similar to the boss battles in Elden Ring where you're beating your head against the boss, but then you just sort of find your rhythm. Yeah. 
you think I actually might get this? Like I'm everything early. I've, I've figured out the patterns. I've figured out the right way to take this corner, the right time to break that kind of stuff. As like I'm feeling this. Like this is feeling good. And I got ahead of the ghost early on in the um in the track. I thought I can be a bit more lenient now because I'm ahead of the ghost. I'm at a part of the track that I don't know because I haven't gotten to that part of the track yet because I haven't finished the race. So it was an unknown. So I thought, I'll calm down. Like, I won't gun it. So I'll, like, slightly slow down a bit more and, like, let the ghost take over me and just be behind it and watch what that's doing. And that allowed me to finally finish the race. Uh, so I've got gold now and all the licenses. It was just a lot of fun. I absolutely loved doing all those licenses. That's the first time I finished them since GT3. And now finally to play the game. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing the game yeah. I've got so much money now, I'm just buying all these cars. Um so yeah, I've I haven't done the menu stuff but this the, I think it's I, I, I think the way I would describe this game is like it's soft core carnography. Yeah, that's probably a good way to describe it. You know what I mean? It's like soft core carnography. Not pornography, like carnography. Like it's just like constantly mm-hmm. edging, you know? It's like you just even the people you talk to are like they're like so close to being in a relationship with yeah. their cars, you know. It's like really it's so intimate. It's like the most intimate experience I've ever had in the game. With the Grand Trismo Cafe, with the music that plays, <laughs> the menus, and they even bring in some of the people who created the designs of the cars, and t- they tell you stories about them designing the cars. I came across this one guy who, or that was on Giant Bomb actually. Um, the quick look I watched on there. And the guy was talking about this is the kind of car where the first night you buy it, you just want to sleep with it. I thought, that's not sleep with the car. It's a bit <laughs> odd. Um, so stuff like this, it's just really weirdly almost sexual in a way. Um, but in a, in a nice in a nice way, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, it's just weird. I don't really have that feeling towards anything, really, that's inanimate. Um but maybe for people with cars, it's different. Uh, it's just weird, but it's, it's it's funny. I like it. It's as as a nice charm to it. I think. Yeah, it's got it's definitely got a character anyway over the, the other games. Like you said, with the whole cafe, the people giving you stories. Like whenever you finish a menu, you get a wee breakdown of the cars or that kind of thing as well, which is always quite nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. You could tell that they've made it, and it's purely on the cars and racing this time round. Yeah, because uh, you can tell us by people who are just so obsessed and have a huge love for racing yeah. and cars. Because this it's quite sort of what's the word I would describe it? Like wankery mm-hmm. is the word. What's the word? Yeah, the star, the first thing you see is like this is like really intense 10 minute video uh, yeah. you can't skip. <laughs> <laughs> it's so raging. Like, no. Swelling music, and it's like starts from the very beginning of time, or the very beginning of like the industrial revolution, and like the manufacturing of cars. It takes you through this timeline of like the Titanic sank, and blah blah blah, and World War Two started, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, right straight through to modern day, and then it kind of like ends on like I can't remember what it says, but it says like the connoisseur Lewis Hamilton. Then it just ends. I thought, what? Why is why is Lewis Hamilton's name just at the end here? And he didn't even appear at any point. Uh, 
I don't get why Andidon has yeah. name. He hasn't popped up at all so far in the game. Uh, maybe they just really like Lewis Hamilton, which is cool. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's an option to turn that off when you because every time you load up the game, it keeps that playing. Uh, but you could just turn it off in the settings, so you never have to see it again. That, that's uh, literally the first thing I, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so intense. It's like this really intense ten minute. Like introdu- it's like it's got credits the credits of the people making the game. It's like an introduction to a film or like a documentary or mm-hmm. something. It's like really it's, it's well produced though. It's, no, it's it's really extremely well done. I was just pressing circle the whole time, like skip, skip. <laughs> I was like pushing every button, like, touch pads, the options button, the triggers. But I don't care I about don't your cutscene. But it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's weird. Really well done though. As as there's a lot of love went into it, and I yep. I like that. You can tell the. A lot of passion and love. I have to say, I really love the integration integration of the dual sense. Mm-hmm. It feels good, doesn't it? Especially on on the brake pedal, like it actually feels like a real brake pedal. And actually, because I think my issue with when I loaded this up, I was trying to play it like I would play because I've played a lot of Horizon Forza Horizon Four and Five. So I'm either like full throttle or full brake. Mm-hmm. There's no one between <laughs> in that game for me. Um. So I, I I still had that in my mind when I was playing this. Uh, obviously, you can't really play this in the same way. It's more of a simulation game than Horizon. But uh, I really like how the tension of the brake trigger sort of like forces you to not fully press it yeah. down because I would just, especially on the Xbox controller, I would just like constantly press it down anyway. But having that tension there it gives you like finer control mm-hmm. of how to use the brakes because yeah on the bottom of the screen you have these little bars that move up and down depending on how far your throttle's down or how far your brakes are down and actually with some of the videos i watched to help me get through the licenses i actually paid attention to how far the person playing was pushing down the brakes so in certain corners i was going too hard on the brakes and i couldn't get around the apex fast enough so i thought well if you just sort of push it halfway down and like then throttle the um the drive pedal a little bit to quickly get around that corner so you can do a faster takeoff. Like, I could really get a greater sense and control over that just through the triggers. I think it's, the, from my opinion, is probably my favourite integration of the dual sense mm-hmm. triggers because it just works perfectly for this game. It's almost like it was need. It's not like for, a gimmick. It's like, it's, yeah, it's really amazing. It's, it's like, it just adds so much more depth to the game and so much more control over the car. I really like it. It's just such a good game. Uh, I mean, I've only played one part of the game, which is licenses, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I know you've still got a whole, all the races but what to I've played now. there... I know, I'm, I haven't even unlocked the multiplayer or anything like that. Uh, or anything else, or the brand center, or anything, like where you can buy your big supercars and stuff. Have a look at the basic stuff there. So I'm excited to dig in. Oh, it's like you enjoy it. And sort of relax. And, at least you can just play it with, without I'm, having to go like, hmm, I need, a, I need this license. Because it does come up with that. Yeah, exactly. You can't enter this championship with a, a B license. Whereas you'll be like, well, I've got... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I had to go out and get the B license um, just to do a, do a championship. Oh. So I'd imagine it'll be the same. Like, I wasn't aware you, of that. You need the A license for this championship. Um, you'll need... Right, like, right. Was it the B1 license? I can't remember what it's called. Um, yeah. That you'll need that after, you know... Beating to enter this championship as a, as a requirement. 
Interesting. I don't know that. Yeah, so you'll be able to play the well, game. I'll get them all finished now, anyway, so... Yep. You'll be able just to do whatever you want. Yes. Time to master tuning. Oh, no, no. I'll just use auto tuning or yeah. something. I won't bother with uh, <laughs> getting into the super refined I try to, but stuff. the thing is, it's not just a case of, like, I'm going to add in a bigger engine because you need to then fix, like, every other part of the car. And you're like, Ugh. I don't know what I don't know enough about the engineering of a car to be able to do this well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people that really like that element of yeah. it, but I'm just not interested. I'm the kind of person who just buys tuning packs on Forza. I'd be, I'd be I don't the, care. I see if I knew more about it, I'd probably be a wee bit more like, oh yeah, that sounds like fun. But I just don't I don't have a clue. Because I know that you could add yeah, this part on, but if you don't then upgrade the chassis, then your car is just going to steer out of control. That kind of thing. So I haven't... Because um, on the license mode, you don't hear any music because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. You don't want any distractions. How is the soundtrack? It's good. It's very, very good. Uh, I've been quite enjoying it so far anyway. It, it works well with the game. You can tell that they spent some time over it. I am quite That's guilty good. though. I, like, heard, I really haven't heard anything. It, I'll just put on my own music. Um, like, yeah, I listened to. I think That's, the first time I played it was like I'll listen to the end game soundtrack, and it was like it's very good. The sound of the cars is very good as well. And then after which point, I was like, "Where's Spotify?" The Spotify integration of yeah. PS Five is awesome. It's really good. Uh, they really because this is this is the most time we've spent on our uh, PS Five. I think I've only been on my Xbox once this week. Like, <laughs> I pop on every day for Microsoft mm-hmm. Rewards, so I've got my 20, 20 week streak. That's so I don't fair. want to let that go, and I've got uh, fifteen pounds of credit now. Yeah, the credits I've I've just been racking up those points the last uh, month or so. Um, so mm-hmm. I have a question: Grand Theft Auto Five. They're releasing the oh, next yeah, gen console version. Month. Fifteenth mm-hmm. of March. And they're doing it in a discount. Ew. So on Xbox, you can get it for half price. So you can get it for seventeen pounds fifty. But on PS3, you get uh, PS5. Sorry, you get seventy five percent off, where oh. you get it for eight pounds. Mm. So I'm kind of torn. Should I like play more on the PlayStation or go back to Xbox where my character? See, initially, is? I was going to say Xbox because that's where the characters are. But yeah, I've got nearly well. The last time I leveled up my character was like 2013 or 2014. Mm, that's a tough one. Because I I was just going to be like Xbox. Um, mm, but for 8 quid on PlayStation, that's very, very good. I can get it for that price as well by using yeah. the points. That's why I'm kind of torn. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know if I'll even play through the whole game again. I don't know. I wouldn't mind because I'm it's the only GTA I haven't played multiple times. Yeah, I agreed. See, I'm personally probably not going to sit and play through. I'm not that bothered. Yeah, maybe I'll just yeah. pass on it for now. Because it's, it's not going anywhere. Because yeah, well, that's going back up in price after a certain time. Yeah. Um. Because fifteenth of March, 
But then the day after that, that tunic is coming out, which is similar to Death's Door. Uh, then you've got like Stranger of Paradise. Then you've got Ghostwire Tokyo, Tiny Tina's so, Wonderlands. That's too many games this month. Yeah. Then April, it's a bit quiet for games that I'm interested in. Uh, I still don't know what, what buddy um, Ghostwire Tokyo is. Well, that seems yeah, like an I think game. so. Looks kind of actiony. That will be quite popular when it's out, though. I hope so. I don't know if I'm going to get. Maybe I will get. It, I don't know. See if I'm fast with Elden Ring at that point. Never going to be done with Elden Ring. Because I want if there's a game that came out on Game Pass called Far. Um, what's it called? Far. Oh, I played the first game. The first game is called Far Lone Sails. Uh, oh yeah, Far Changing Tides. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever played Far Lone Sails, but you really should. I highly recommend Far Lone Sails. Uh, it's like a three or four hour long game. Literally all it is is just you're this little guy and it's sort of like a vehicle management game where you have this big vehicle and there's like multiple aspects to the vehicle and you're travelling from left to right on the screen. It's like a 2.5D game. Literally all the game is is just you manoeuvring this vehicle through this world and these environments and you get little puzzles through it and like obstacles you have to try and solve but as you're going through the vehicle you have to like manage multiple aspects of it so it involves you like running around your vehicle and like managing the temperature here and managing the sails here and managing the energy down here to keep your vehicle moving at full speed. So it's sort of this little land vehicle of sails in the first game and it seems like in the second one it's more of like a water based one like a, a submarine based one. Um, it doesn't sound exciting when I describe it, but when you play it, it's a really solid game. I think, I think I picked up for like six pounds on the Xbox. Uh, it's a really good, fun, mm-hmm. short game. I highly recommend it to anyone out there. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's us. I think that's us. To go play, oh, play Elden Ring. Yeah, so we should try the co-op at some point. I'm curious. I don't know why I have any... I have no idea what that's it's like. okay. It's not amazing. I tried it with someone at work. Um, so you... So let's say that you're the host. You come in. So I join your game, but I'm nerfed. Um, so I don't have, oh. like, my full health bar. Um, my full stamina, that kind of thing. Um and you can't ride your horse. Um, everything's on foot oh. at that point, and you can't use summons. Um, and oh, everything's harder. Um, oh, I think I think if you, I think I heard someone say that if you have four people as well, it's like eight times harder or something like that. If you've got a team of four people, like, geez, wow. Um, because one of the guys at work was like, "Oh, come, come, join me. We have a run around." And I was like, "All right, I suppose." Um, I and it was, it was okay. It was you know that way. It's like it's like it's fun, but at the same time, as I like, see the idea of going and doing a boss, it would be like you have to be so so careful, especially if you're the one joining because your health bar is like a quarter of what you're used to. So you're like, "All right, wow." 
So does it nerf you down to their level, or are you just like I think, I think you just completely? have a, I think you're just nerfed. All right. Yeah. That. See, I'm not sure if it's to their level or if it's just a, just this is what it is. Um, we need to find need to find that one out because he he is a lower level to me. So that's why I'm a right. wee bit unsure. Like, I don't actually know how it works. Um. But as it's, I, I was definitely nerfed, and I was like, "Oh no!" That's weird. I suppose I, I think when it was launched, it's or announced rather, in the first shot of the gameplay trailer, it sort of seemed like, "Oh, maybe they're more focus, focusing more on co-op in this one." But it sounds like they're still limitations. It's, yeah. it's not like a full co-op. They don't game. want to make it easy on you. Right. Okay. I suppose that makes sense for what they're trying to do. Oh well. Well, at least it's more accessible now. It's always a bit odd to get multiplayer uh, in other games. It's a wee bit easier, though. Yeah. Shame you can't ride your horse and fully explore. Yeah, so that would be quite cool, because you could get like, a, a bit of a war party started and just go and explore together. Like, uh, that side to it's quite cool. Like, you can just run around together and like see what you can find, but it's the fact that you, can't, you don't have a horse. And you're like, this is just all running. Which, which is fine. Mm. So you kind of just pick an area and be like, we'll explore that on foot. But it's like, yeah, we're not going up to the top of the map. We'll be there a while. Oh, well. Maybe I won't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe do it at some point just for a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I definitely will. I'm curious to try it and see what it's like. But it says like I've, I've sold through everything anyway. I haven't summoned anyone mm-hmm. in other than my doggies or yeah, myself. Yeah, the same. So I'm quite, quite proud of that. I noticed that Paul yeah, got it as well. So he's, wonder if he's wonder if he's summoning like anyone else. He, he does it in Dark Souls three and one. Oh, well, it's not <laughs> real Souls. <laughs> so you're you're rubbish at Souls. You've had to call people in because he he kept on going on about having to call <laughs> someone in for the Nameless King in Dark Souls three, and I managed to beat him solo. And I was like, ha ha, I've did it! I did it! Well, officially a bear player. It. I would still rubbish, but I'm really, I'm really, I'm really excited to get to those other games now. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to a more linear sort of focus. Dark Souls game. Three spectacular. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying the combat in Elden Ring is very. It's like an evolution of Dark it Souls is, Three. It's, the way I, I was kind of looking on it is that it's an evo- It's almost like a, like a marriage between Sekiro and Dark Souls 3 kind of feels more like right. that to, at least to me anyway um, but I'm looking forward to Sekiro actually because um, I, I, I've tried to I've just never finished it um, so I'm quite looking forward to actually like, properly playing it yeah I'm as, I'm as well I'm looking forward to playing all of them because I've, I've loaded up uh, Dark Souls 1 Dark Souls Remastered on the Xbox there's I'm always when I first got that and played through it, or the first mm-hmm. part of the game, I kind of struggled because I haven't played Demon Souls in like nearly a year at that point, uh, or under a year. I can't remember when I got uh, Dark Souls, but um, I think it was like eight months prior I played Demon Souls, um, and I just really struggled. I thought, oh, this is I've been away from a Souls game for a bit. I need to try and readjust, but because I played so much of Elden Ring and went straight into Dark Souls. It just translated really well. Um, 
I just like sort of started decimating people when I went into Dark Souls, where I struggled pre- uh, previously, like how to manage groups of enemies and stuff like that, and maneuver around. As it is uh, kind of amazing how like similar they are, but you can definitely tell that Eldring is like so much more refined mm-hmm. um, and improved over the first game. But still, the first game, I think, yeah, first game, Dark Souls is still feels solid. Um, and I still think it will translate quite well to the other games. So looking forward to getting into them. Oh, 100%. You'll enjoy them. You'll really, really enjoy them. Yeah. I don't think I'll do it after I finish Elden Ring, because I think Elden Ring is like Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 combined in terms mm-hmm. of length. Uh, so I'm already playing like three games in a row, it sounds like. Pretty much. So I think I'll just give it a bit of a... I'll have a break and play some Game Pass games. I may start a that far game tomorrow actually and get that finished it's only like four hours long uh sort of a palate cleanser that's what gt7 has been for me sort of like a, a bit of a cleanser yeah, just kind of to take away from the the brutality almost nice change of pace into the licenses which are just oh as brutal. god tell me about it infuriating <laughs> like banging your head against a wall like i'm point one of a second too slow oh it's at times I've screamed, no, in the middle of the night, from being so close to, oh, it's torture. Oh, it's so good though, so good. Anyway, we'll end it here. I have to say I'm really pleased with how this sounded through the app. So I think people listening will notice the difference as well for yourself. Make me sound more beautiful. Uh, it's the best you've ever oh, sounded. Thank you. You really do, you sound excellent. That's a really damn good headset. Uh, you got there. Genuinely tempted to buy it and just do the podcast exclusively through the phone now. Steel series, uh, wonderful thing. It's really it's it's impressive. It's like a good base on it as well. It's not too thin. Um, it's really something. I'm really impressed. No, I'm glad. Good stuff. Anyway, yeah, me too. We got it sorted out instead of the constant disconnects. Mm-hmm. So it should be fine. So quite a bit of editing this episode, but the matter of cutting out all the parts where no one's talking should be that hard to find. Anyway, Bill, take us away. Bye. Bye. <laughs> and that's that. <laughs> no, no, I kid. Uh, we will be back next time or next week. No, next Monday, the Monday after that, because we usually record on Sundays. But we got a bit delayed last week because of Elden Ring. But We should be back on schedule now. So we will be back for episode 14 soon. So we'll see you then. Bye-bye.